You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm really trying not to overreact and put too much stock into the things we see on the field in the final preseason game, but it's hard not to see Justin Fields make that type of touchdown throw and lead the offense in that way and not want to apply it to the regular season and extrapolate so much more off of what really was everything we were looking for from your rookie quarterback. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook, join the LockedOnBears Facebook group, and make sure that you subscribe to the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to make sure you're catching all of our video podcasts. On the show today, we look back over at not only this final preseason game, but sort of the collective preseason as far as a couple of players that really stood out, not only for their performances in this game, but even throughout the preseason, maybe a couple of guys either solidifying their spot on the 53-man roster or really actually getting it, locking it down and making it no question that maybe, maybe they were on the fence before, but now it's hard to keep them off after some of the big performances we saw. We'll talk really one guy on each side of the ball, not quarterbacks that, that really stood out for us and kind of look ahead to what that could mean for 53-man roster cutdown day. But we have to start with Justin Fields. I mean, he started the game. He was the Bears' starting quarterback, the position he really belongs in at this point because he keeps showing us the progress that we're looking for. You know, compared to the first two preseason games, in this one, Fields seemed to have a better command in terms of protections up front, you know, not allowing a a free rusher to come deliver a big hit. Offensive line still very much a work in progress, and we can get to that in a little bit here. But we saw from, I think, somewhat of a play-calling standpoint, but also from Justin's standpoint as well, a little bit more decisiveness as a passer, getting rid of it a little bit quicker, recognizing offensive line issues potentially and just there's a certain I think maturation there and it's not as though like he matured magically as a as a quarterback but just sort of a better understanding of the situation in the game time and I, I think there's a particular set of stats from pro football focus that came out right after the game that really illustrated this well they put they put out that Justin Fields' average depth of target that is how far downfield he was aiming his passes on average dropped from a little over 10, 10 and a half yards beyond the line of scrimmage to just six and a half yards beyond the line of scrimmage. And as a result, his average time to throw, which is the time it takes from the snap of the ball to him releasing the ball, how much time he takes to throw, dropped from 3.8 to 3.6, and now in this game, 2.8 seconds, shaving really a full second average off of how quickly he was getting rid of the ball, getting rid of it then more quickly. Because, of course, his legs are a huge asset, and it's part of why they drafted him and traded up for him. And they certainly allow him to create and extend plays, but you, you have to know where to pick your battles and, and when and where that is and is not perhaps always the most effective 
route for the offense to have a really complete rhythm and you know eleven man success. That you certainly don't want to neuter this strength of fields, and you don't tell them to stay in the pocket. But it's more about having taking what the defense gives you at times and being able to get the easy completion for four, five, six yards as opposed to maybe passing on that first quick throw because you want something bigger. You, you know, you want to say, well, you know, I, I want this deeper route, and I know if I can ex- create a little bit more time, it should get open, but then you, you escape out of the pocket and maybe it's the other side of the field or you know, the receiver's at a different spot than you thought they would be or the coverage adjusts slightly to how you, the routes are running, and then maybe it's not there and maybe you're scrambling or you're throwing it away or you're under pressure and maybe taking a late hit that you shouldn't be taking as a quarterback. Right? It's, it's little things like that. It's, it's about you don't need to be the hero on every play. You, you don't have to do too much. Just you flash it when it's needed. There, there are times when you absolutely should, and probably maybe even more than we saw in the preseason week three game there, that there's, there's, a, there's a middle ground here of how often to just take the quick thing that the defense gives you and how often to try and create chicken salad, as they say, and, and really be a superhero. Like the touchdown pass to Jesper Horsted, the, the corner of the end zone, incredible throw, tight window, precision, Trusting your tight end, but also putting it in a safe spot right at the goal, right at the sideline, where you're not really at a, as big of a risk of getting picked off. There, it's kind of your guy can catch it or no one can, and had to extend the plays with his legs, wind it up perfectly. I mean, it was just pristine. That's why you draft Justin Fields. It's why he's a difference maker, and that's that's what we expect from him, and and really the bigger reason why he should be starting week one. I mean. Andy Dalton can do the the take what the defense gives you short quick throws but it's Fields that has the elite playmaking flashes on top of that that separate him that you know what I mean like it's not like Dalton is so much better at the 6 yard throw than Justin Fields is to as to why then Dalton should be starting that first game like it's exactly how you talk about the idea of a quarterback and a player who elevates the level of play of players around him. That's what Justin Fields does, and that's where you that's where you see it. And we just the Bears haven't had that specifically at the quarterback position, maybe ever, or <laughs> certainly not not in a long time. And so I understand some of the concerns about putting him behind this Bears offensive line or putting him out there too early, et cetera, et cetera. But I really feel like Justin Fields is more capable of handling those types of situations and is showing us then the progress through the preseason. There is incremental, slow, visible growth from preseason game to preseason game of him looking more and more ready up to face NFL regular season defenses and have a full game plan and throw to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney instead of the backups, Chris Lacey and Isaiah Coulter and some of these guys that probably aren't going to make the 53-man roster. But, of course, we're, we're trying to see what kind of quality of offensive line he's going to have in front of him against the Rams. We did get to see the starting offensive line. They showed some progress the way that Fields has progressed. But, again, I don't want to put too much stock in what these guys did in their first game together in the preseason with Justin Fields. It's not necessarily always the most replicable. But they might be able to make an exception when it comes to Jesper Horstead and what he did on the field against the Titans. We'll overreact to his big three-touchdown performance next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by North One. North One is better banking for small business owners. 
Serving small business owners is all they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere, whether you're at home or on the go. Everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips, so you never have to step foot in a bank branch again. In addition to all the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cath withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, Northwind is an FDIC-insured account that can save you both time and money. Northwind integrates the accounting software you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And with Northwind's envelope feature, you can automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and more. With North One, you'll never pay overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars a month. To get started, visit apply.northone.com slash locked. That's apply.northone.com slash locked. North One, business banking made for America. Football made for America as well and excited to have it back for the regular season here, all eyes are on the NFL and now college football as well. And our friends at betonline.ag is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo as well. If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose that bet, betonline.ag will refund your wager up to $25. You just have to make sure that you use their promo code NFL100 when you sign up because that NFL100 promo code will also get you a 100% welcome bonus match on your deposit, giving you double the money to play with at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Typically speaking, and almost universally, the last preseason game is not really playing for roster spots. It's more so playing for practice squad spots, that most of the guys at least in the old format, it was a little bit different this year as teams are getting used to the three preseason game format. Most of the guys that play in this final game, if you're playing in this game, it means you're not, it means you're not settled in on your 53-man roster spot. Obviously, you know, Danny Trevathan played for the Bears and some of the other veterans got a little bit of run just to kind of get their wheels going again and knock some of the rust off. But generally speaking, this is not a game where big-time regular season players are involved. So for me, I think it takes a particularly, like, rare performance for a player to earn a 53-man roster spot just by their on-field production in that final preseason game. And I think what Jesper Horstead did to the Tennessee Titans is enough to make that type of a push. I was looking back, it was the Titans two years ago in the preseason that he had his big final battle with and, and had a big game that time too so in his two preseason games against the titans in his career 2019 and now 2021 he's combined for 10 catches 186 yards and four touchdowns he's just absolutely owned them and it just feels like when you have a tight end like this that can create some separation make contested catches as well over the middle and then yards after the catch like he outran the whole titans defense and I, he's a tight end, right? I mean, he's not, he's not a big, you know, he's, not, he's not like a big, thick blocking tight end, but, I mean, he is quick. 
and to be able to have someone with with that combination of size and speed is very valuable. I mean, it's it's kind of a rare mixture to to start to see someone then also be able to put it together with with hands, with routes, with being on the same page as his quarterback. Like Horstead in that game looked like a legitimate heir to Jimmy Graham, right? I mean, not that he's he's going to be Jimmy Graham, not that they're the exact same type exactly, but like in this Bears offense, like he looked like he could be that Jimmy Graham role. And when you look at how he was used against the Titans, for example, 30, he ran 21 total routes as a route runner. 13 of them came from the slot. It's kind of what the Bears have been doing with Jimmy Graham too, making him more of just a big slot receiver as opposed to a true tight end. But he showed the speed to be able to play receiver and outrun the defense down the field. I mean, that's that's what really stood out to me. Is like we knew Jesper Horst had moved well and had, had had some nice catches in the past, but like he really put it together with difficult catches and then making plays after the catch with the ball in his hand. And I think even though it's second and third string nobodies that he's doing it against, right? I mean, it's it's fourth preseason game guys, third preseason this year, but it, you know, it's it's a lot of guys that we just talked about that are fighting for practice squad spots and are probably going to be selling insurance or real estate in a couple of months. Still, that being said, it's not like it's that means it's easy. You you don't see other players going for 100 yards and three touchdowns in these preseason games. If if it meant nothing and it was so easy to do, more players would do it, right? I mean, so that there's that's where the, there's a balance here and there's a line. Like it, yes, it doesn't mean as much because he's not going to be that good against a starting caliber Tennessee Titans defense. No, but you're not seeing any other tight ends throw three touchdowns at 100 yards, certainly not on the Chicago Bears. And look around the NFL, you're not seeing guys have that type of a breakout performance. Maybe maybe one a week there's a big performance like that, but I think it's legitimately enough for a guy like Horstead to move from you know roster bubble guy to 53-man roster guy because... I, there's room for him, and he's got the skill set and the development now that I think it's going to be a little bit riskier than it was two days ago to try and stash him on the practice squad. I wouldn't be totally shocked if they still released him and didn't keep him, but I think he made the biggest push of F anyone on the roster. And I think the key for me with, with Horstead specifically is special teams, that he's been getting a lot of run on special teams throughout this preseason and seems to be showing that he can be capable there because you know, he's coming to Chicago as the number four tight end on the 53-man roster. It's Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, and Jesse James, the veteran, has been working with the Bears starters at practice. I mean, that's, that's put him on the 53-man roster for sure. So then it's really Horstead versus J.P. Holtz for tight end number four. We haven't really seen Holtz be used all that much. They wanted to see Horstead and the other tight ends show more of what they can do. And, you know, it's not like Horstead's going to step in and be a, a top receiving weapon as the number four tight end. So special teams is where he's going to have to sort of make his money there. But it just kind of makes sense with how this Bears tight end position is set up because you've got the Jimmy Graham role and the Cole Komet role. And Jesse James is built and plays much more like Cole Komet. He's a bigger blocking tight end. He's not going to run away from anybody, but he's got good enough hands that he can catch it if he's open and be that security blanket type. So you have, you know, Komet and James is sort of the starter and the backup. And then you got Jimmy Graham and then Jesper Horstead could be his backup, right? So you'd have sort of a starter and a backup for the two sort of different tight end positions. So I, I think you've got the fit, you've got the special teams, and now you've got the breakout performance in the preseason game as well to put him on the 53-man roster. 
I mean, it was great to see. It was fun to watch. I'm glad that a guy like Jesper Horstead getting some much-deserved attention there. But there was another player in the Titans game that had a really big game that didn't stand out as much, and I certainly haven't seen him got nearly the type of attention that Horstead did in terms of, like, the visible reaction. But we'll break down, really, the pass rusher who's been on fire for a lot of this preseason next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights then on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. And get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. What never varies by package is how delicious the world's best tasting protein bars are from our friends at BuiltBar.com. There, there is not a product on the market that has that combination of nutrients and deliciousness. Because I eat Built Bars literally every single day. I've got a shipment of salted caramel Built Bars on its way to my house right now, and I'm so excited to stock up and, and kind of mix that flavor back into my rotation. But I, I promise you, they taste like candy bars because every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. The salted caramel flavor, for me, it tastes like a Milky Way, but it's low calories, like 130 calories, low sugar. I think salted caramel is four grams of sugar, high fiber, and high protein. I mean, I think 14 to 17 grams of protein, depending on what flavor you're going for. I'm telling you, it is an elite combination. And you really can't go wrong with any of their delicious flavors. You can buy one of the mixed boxes. You can try them all. You will find some favorites. But I promise you won't find any of them that you don't like. They really are a solid product through and through. And it's why it, I kind of have to force myself to only eat one. Because I could eat one with every meal. I could have it as a snack. It's like, it's like having healthy candy bars in my, in my pantry. Like, how, how can you resist? Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So if Jesper Horstead is officially our, you know, offensive player of the preseason award, I think Travis Gibson belongs as the defensive player of the preseason because he's been on a tear the last couple of preseason games and really got going against the Titans. And I don't think he's gotten a lot of overwhelming credit and attention for it because, you know, like against the Titans, he didn't have any sacks and that's how the general football consuming population evaluates pass rushers or at least sort of measures pass rushers by their sacks, and no, he did not have any sacks, but he did have three hits and three hurries in like 25 pass rushing snaps, and 
One of those hits was on Logan Woodside. The ball popped up. Trey Roberson picked it off. And four, you know, what, six seconds later, he's in the end zone from put six points on the board. And that pass only floats to Trey Roberson because Travis Gibson hit him as he was winding up. It might have been a forced fumble had he not gotten farther into the arm throwing motion. But you may remember last week against the Buffalo Bills, Travis Gibson, strip sack, turnover. So he almost had another strip sack. Instead, it was a pick six. I think you'll probably take, <laughs> you take the pick six over the strip sack. But, but Gibson doesn't get the same credit, right? In both plays, he generated a turnover. Trey Roberson had to catch it. If he had dropped it, I suppose it wouldn't have counted as a turnover. But, like, that turnover was created by Travis Gibson's hit. And as was the strip sack against the Bills, but he doesn't get the credit because it wasn't an actual sack and it wasn't an actual forced fumble. And so I think for me, how the play ended is not as important then as how consistently he's beating blockers in front of him. Yes, like like with Jesper Horstead, it is backup offensive lineman. And, you know, he's not going to... I'm not saying Travis Gibson is so good dominating that he's going to start over Robert Quinn or that, you know, that he's... All of a sudden, the future is now, and Travis Gibson is your long-term answer at pass rusher. No, but but like Horstead, the same kind of thing. If it was really easy to get strip sacks and pick sixes and three hits and three hurries on quarterbacks in the fourth preseason game, then everybody would do it, right? You don't see this long list of pass rushers racking up pressures against the backup offensive lineman. It's just it's it's easier than the regular season. It's not to say it's going to directly translate in the same way. But it is impressive, and it does show you certainly progress from Travis Gibson. I think we're seeing it just be more natural for him as a pass rusher. Like he, there's a confidence, and it's settling into where like he doesn't have to like think before he does his pass rush or think as he's doing his pass rush moves. Right? He can kind of just go off the snap and you know bend the edge, turn, and it's all part of the same sort of natural movement. It's not like set up, try and do your move and go. Right? It's just. Streamlined. There's just like a confidence and a naturalness to it that I think it sort of flashes of why and the Bears traded up for him. I guess they sort of traded a future pick to go back into the fifth round to make sure that they landed him. But it was a clear emphasis of like they wanted to make sure they got their guy. Because last year, his rookie season, you know, it was it was an adjustment for him going from being more of like a hand in the dirt defensive end to standing up at the outside linebacker position. The same transition Robert Quinn was making as he came over from, you know, the Rams and the Cowboys before that in, in his career. So, you know, with, with no preseason last year for his rookie season, not a normal offseason, a lot of Zoom meetings, not as much practicing, maybe now we should start to get a little bit more of a sense of Gibson after having a full offseason of working with the coaching staff, working with his teammates, practicing against real humans, and, like, getting to actually, like, be a real NFL player and not just thrown into the fire of a strange COVID season that everyone was kind of struggling with. So he's still behind Jeremiah Atauchu on the depth chart. I mean, he's not, he's still outside linebacker number four, but I think it's both a, a progress for him moving sort of ahead of James Vauders. And it's, it's important to have a fourth outside linebacker in this rotation because, you know, Robert Quinn last year was not an every down player and everything Matt Nagy has sort of indicated is that this year might not be an every down guy. He's going to play 50 to 60% of the defensive snaps, just healthy or, you know, not, not fully healthy or not, it's sort of a mysterious sort of like banged up. He's not that old, but he's just sort of lingering issues, I guess, with with Robert Quinn. You just can't burn him out on the field every single time. And so like last year, we saw a lot of James Vauders in addition to a lot of Barcavius Mingo. 
Jeremiah Tochu is going to take the Barcavis Mingo snaps, but Travis Gibson can take those water snaps. And I think that's kind of where these preseason performances have really established and secured Gibson for me. You wonder if maybe it could push Vodders off. I mean, Vodders didn't play in the preseason game because of an injury, and is he going to make the 53? I mean, I think he's definitely a bubble guy, but given Robert Quinn's health situation, I would imagine the Bears will probably keep five outside linebackers total just to have some extra depth there, so Vodders probably sticks on again as number five, but you never know. It's a possible bubble move or another edge rusher from another team comes available that the Bears like, or maybe you think of Christian Jones as being able to play both inside and out, and so that that can be where your depth is. It's some tough decisions to make there, but either way, Vodders is, I think, losing his defensive snaps to Travis Gibson for the most part because he see, he seems primed and ready to go, and he's playing a lot of special teams too, and that's such a big deal if you're the fourth or fifth string guy at, at your position. You have to contribute on special teams. Gibson does that. The defensive side is coming together, and I'm excited to see if he get in there some rotational pass rushing snaps and maybe flash here or there with a big hit, a strip sack, a pick six, something like that. Uh, I think brighter days are ahead for Travis Gibson. It's a quick turnaround now for the Bears to narrow down their 53-man roster, whether Vaughters is there or not. We'll keep a close eye on all the moves, and on tomorrow's podcast, we will do our own full 53-man roster prediction. So make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Appreciate everyone who's been following along through the offseason and the preseason, because we're so close to the regular season now. The preseason is done already. I mean, it's gone by fast. It's been a lot of fun. The regular season hopefully should be more fun, especially sooner we get to see Justin Fields in this Bears offense together. But I hope you'll keep following along, and I hope in exchange the Lockdown Bears podcast can make it just a little bit easier for you to bear down.